Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you can dream it, you can do it. We couldn't have said it better ourselves. It's time to stop saying I'll do it tomorrow and start living on purpose. This is the Defining Audacity Radio Show. Joining me in studio on the Defining Audacity radio show is Texas country music legend, Larry Joe Taylor, and probably the hottest artist on the red dirt scene. Oh, he's laughing. Mr. Sam Riggs. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Hello. Welcome to Glen Rose, Texas. Man, thanks. Good to be here. Appreciate you guys coming in. Sam's on his way from a show in Fort Worth last night, on his way playing Stephenville tonight. Larry Joe lives over in the Stephenville area. I'm so excited about having you guys in studio together, and let me tell you why. Two reasons. Reason number one, because I have a hunch. If anybody has a life list or a bucket list on the Texas music scene, I'm thinking it's you two guys. Okay? <laughs> that, that's my hunch, and we're going to see if that's right or wrong. And then the second reason that I'm excited about having you guys here, because you are a common theme on the Defining Audacity radio show. Let me tell you why. Because most of the artists that we bring in, we've only been on the air since August. We've had some great guests, Zane Williams, Mike Ryan, Brandon Ryder, just to name a few. But your names come up more often than not. Cody Johnson's name, probably more than anybody, but you guys are a close second and third for sure. Believe it or not, it's, it's the weirdest thing. But Sam Riggs and Larry Joe Taylor's name come up all the time. So I was like, I is got to get When my name comes up, is there like a curse word in front of there, it? Yeah, I'm asking, what's the context here? <laughs> there, there, there is. Most of the people, Larry Joe... On their life list or bucket list, once we get talking about it, is to play your festival. It was on their life list at one point, or mm-hmm. it is on their life list to play your festival. So that's how your name normally comes up. And, and Sam, I know you're taking uh, pilot's lessons or trying to get your pilot's yep. license. Finishing my pilot's license. Uh, Mike well. Ryan, that's on his list as well. And I was like, well, you and Sam are boys. Talk to him about that. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So that, I mean, that's just some of the reasons why your name has come up on the show. Abby Cohn also brought up your name. Love that girl. She loves you, too. She's awesome. And I asked her straight up, I was like, anybody on the Texas music scene that you think has a life list or a bucket list? And she said, Sam Riggs. <laughs> Didn't even hesitate. So anyway, I'm excited about having you guys here. Now, one of the big problems with setting up this interview or planning for this interview is I didn't know where the hell to start because we got a lot to talk about in 45 minutes. Breathless came out on February 19th. Sam, your newest album. Yes. We're definitely going to talk about that. Okay. Larry Joe, we've got the 28th annual right. Larry Joe mm-hmm. Taylor Music Festival coming up in April. Yep. So we've got to definitely talk about that as well. But where I want to start is when we were setting up this interview. It wasn't exactly the easiest thing to do because one of you guys – was flying around thousands of feet above the air, <laughs> yes. working on their pilot's license, right, Sam? That's right. Yeah, finishing up a pilot's license. So, so speaking about bucket lists and stuff. So, when I was a little kid, you know, when I first realized that airplanes were a thing, I, I was obsessed. My entire life, I've been obsessed with aviation and, and music. And uh, the time came where I sort of had to make a decision on which career I was going to go into, and I just said, you know. I don't know. I'm just going to give music a shot because it's got to be something I have to do when I'm young. You know, you got to get into it, you know, got to get another start. So that's what I did. And when now as time has moved on um, and I've been put in the position to really chase after pursuing my pilot's license, I started on it last summer and I take my check ride this upcoming week. And uh, yeah, we're trying to get this thing going. And I'm just in like, I'm so bad sometimes about remembering things. And, you know, Brandy will send me something up in, when I'm up in the air and, you know, you can't check your phone when you're flying an airplane. Right. That, they <laughs> so, don't like that. They frown upon that. Good. FAA good. doesn't 
couldn't really jive with that. But yeah, I was just like, you know, I don't know. I got down, I landed, and I was like, yes, absolutely, let's make this happen. That's awesome. Now, tell me, tell our listeners the story you just told me about when you are going to do your, what do you call it when you take your test? Yeah, it's called a check ride. Uh, we take it with a, a pilot examiner, and basically, it's your final exam. You have an oral portion where they just quiz you on everything for about an hour, and then you take about an hour to fly around, and you have to do a certain, you know, certain maneuvers and things like that within certain standards. So, I'm flying from San Marcos to Brownwood, which, you know, Cessna 172 is about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. And then I, I have a gig that night in Conroe. And so... I'm kind of stacking the deck against myself, but I have to fly from, I have to go up there to Brownwood, pass my, my check ride. Uh, I'll, I'll leave there about four, and then I'm flying from Brownwood all the way to Conroe. And then from Conroe, after I play the gig, I'm going to fly back to San Marcos. Okay. I believe in you. I really But do. if I don't pass. <laughs> what happens if you don't pass your, your pilot's test? I, I don't know what I'm really going to do. I'm probably going to see if I can get signed off to solo to Conroe, which I probably can get, get that done. But long story short is I'm just going to, I'm going to pass. There's no other option. I'm going to do it. I have to. I believe in you. You're yeah. going to do it. That's awesome. Now, was this, and we're going to get into your life list or bucket list, because just a reminder to our listeners on the Defining Audacity radio show, we try to inspire people to live a bold, adventurous, and intentional life, and we use life list or bucket list to do this. But was getting your pilot's license on your bucket list or life list? 100% right up there at the top. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know if you remember this, but I saw you play at City Limits a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, and... I said, hey, I want to get you on the radio show, and I want to talk about your life list or, or bucket list. And you're like, absolutely. How much time do you have? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I kind of figured when I asked that that it was on there. So we'll, we'll come back to that. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is LJT, the big concert, the big festival. It's not just a concert. It's a festival. Coming up in April. It is April 18th through the 23rd out in Stephenville. Are you ready to do this again, Larry Joe? Yeah, sure. I'll tell you a, a story about that LJT thing I was doing. Quite a few years ago, we were doing a radio show, live radio show, and we were playing, had a studio audience at the end of it. This girl, she's just jumping up and down. She comes out, i got to have a picture with you. I just, I just can't believe it. And so they snapped a picture, and she looked at me. She said, up until today, I just thought you were a festival. I didn't know you were a person. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you mean you're not an inanimate object? <laughs> Larry Joe, how did how did the festival get started? I probably should know that, but it no, I mean uh, uh, most people don't. It was uh, kind of by accident. I looked at my schedule and I didn't have any. You know, in, in 1989, there weren't a lot of places for songwriters to play in Texas, and so I didn't have anything. And uh, I knew some chili cooks from Amarillo, and I said, "Man, if you guys would come down here and cook chili, uh, I'll play." I called up Ray Wiley Hubbard, and he and he said, "No, I don't have any, I don't have any gigs this month either." So. He came out. There's about maybe 100 people there, I guess. About 25 cooks from uh, Amarillo and Dalhart. And, you know, I'm, it was just a one-time deal. And, and somebody said, we're going to do it again next year. And I said, I don't know, yeah, maybe, maybe so. <laughs> it was. It, we didn't even start calling it an annual event until number seven. Really? It was just like, yes, I guess we'll do it again. And it started, <laughs> it, the first one was in Mingus, right? Yes, yeah. First two were in Mingus, and then, then they ran us out of there, and we moved to uh, the ghost town of, of uh, Thurber for one year. And then we found a place in Possum Kingdom that was uh, really, really cool, but it just got too small really quick. So we were there three years, then we came to Glen Rose. That's what I was going to ask. I heard that rumor that you guys were actually in Glen Rose. Yeah, uh, we were here three years. Really started kind of shaping up. When we were in Glen Rose, and we out, outgrew uh, Trace Rios, and we moved down to Meridian, and we were there five years, and 
outgrew it and and then moved it to Stephenville. And we were fortunate enough to to be able to buy the place where we're at now. We get 380 acres, so we're using uh, we're using about half of that. So we still got a lot of room to grow. Did you ever think it would grow into what it has grown into? No, I you know. I would, somebody asked me at about the third one, how big do you think this? I said, well, yeah, man, we could have a thousand people here someday. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not really a. Uh, and how many did you have last year, Deb? Just uh, ballpark. Uh, uh, Fifty-two thousand. Fifty-two. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's April 18th through the 23rd, the 28th annual Larry Joe Taylor Music Festival. Sam, when's the first time you heard about LJT? Man, now, you're a Florida boy. Yeah. So uh, I moved from Florida to Austin in 2007. I mean, as soon as I moved here, I moved to play music, and as soon as I moved here, I started hearing about LJT, and it was sort of this, you know, you got to get there, you got to go, you got to play that, and so I was like, oh, okay, that sounds cool, and it was sort of an unattainable goal for a while, you know, you just keep hammering away at life and at music and at trying to do something that's, you know, you're just searching for a light switch in the dark, and then, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, we got an offer to come play. I wasn't prepared for what it was. I gotta say, I, when I walked out on that stage the very first year, no. Uh, when was that? When was your first year? So this play? was this year will be our third year doing it. Okay, so, so this, okay. So I guess this would have been what is it? Two thousand two thousand fourteen. Yeah, would be in the first year. I stepped onto that stage and it was just you know we I think we were one of the first bands of the of the day and uh, man it was just unreal. Crowd was there, they're ready to go. Never seen support or energy like that and then never seen a tighter run festival that you know is still throughout, you know, all the touring I do these days. It's still top notch. Best of the best. I want to read something to you. I saw this in a, an interview that you did with Lone Star Music magazine about mm-hmm. LJT. Just want to read this to you. There's been times like the Larry Joe Taylor Festival last year. We walked out on stage and the noise of the crowd was so titanic. It just washed over us like a tidal wave. We hadn't even played a note yet. I was like, sincerely, oh my God. It literally took my breath away. Then we started playing the show. It was the perfect storm. It really was. You know, the human experience, you know, I think a, one person can, can withstand so much emotion at one time before they become overwhelmed, and that was overwhelming for me in the best way possible. Was that the first year or the second year? This you? was the second year. So last year was the second year we did it. Walked out on that stage, and we had been really working hard to build a crowd and build a fan base and stuff like that. And Stephenville has become, you know, this the Stephenville area has really become a, an incredible place for us to play. Um, and LJT has just been, you know, the same thing. And so we walked out on that stage, and... <laughs> I mean, just I don't even really know how to explain it except for the fact that it's just like there are no words. I mean, you walk out in front of a crowd like that and the immediate connection and love that you feel from the crowd and and they know they can see the look on your face. So they love it, you know, at the same time. And so like it was unreal. I mean, there's no at no point in my life when I was dreaming and scheming at playing, you know, having a music career that I ever think that it would be like that. How does that make you feel? Larry Joe, the the, the artist, I mean, Sam's not going to be the only one that says that for sure. Well, you know, uh, me being an artist first and and playing a lot of festivals, we try to make this as artist friendly as possible. You know, I mean, the artists are kind of the king and and also me being a music fan, I try to make it as as fan friendly as it can possibly be also and uh, and still be safe. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's calculated to be that way. You know, a lot of things had to happen over the years. We had to teach the crowd how to react to to original music, which was one of the hardest things to do in the beginning. And uh, But the tradition, I mean, a lot of these kids have grown up and uh, married and bringing their kids now that it, were uh, trained to listen to, to original music. Yeah, I went for the first time last year, and it was unbelievable. I was blown away. I couldn't imagine what it is. And I got to do some intros and outros, and... Mm. 
they were screaming for me and I was Joe Blow nobody from Glenrose, Texas, you know, so <laughs> I can't imagine how it was for you yeah. guys. One of the coolest ones that I saw was Bart Crow because, you know, he's this Tarleton boy and he took off his, I guess he had a little button up on, he took it off and he had his Tarleton shirt on Yeah, and those kids yeah. went nuts. So you would have thought Garth Brooks was on stage <laughs> at Larry Joe Taylor. They went crazy. It was really cool. So oh, yeah. um, I'm excited about going back this year and, and this year it's going to be special for you because you just released a new album. Yes. Breathless. That came out on February 19th and I'm going to say it is kick ass. Oh man, I love it, you. man. Thank you very much. It was a uh, you know getting ready to put out Breathless. It was, I've never been more impatient about anything in my life. I'm, I've always been inherently impatient, but uh, it was just God. I couldn't wait to get it out. Now that it's finally out there, man, it's just been it's been an incredible response. It debuted at number three on the on the charts. Uh, yeah, it debuted at number three. I guess iTunes. They put it out. It's supposed to go out at midnight on Thursday or Friday morning, I guess, but it went out at 10, 10 p.m. on Thursday and uh, immediately shot up to number three, I guess, right under Sam Hunt and Chris Stapleton, um, which charts hold a certain weight, you know what I mean? Uh, but that's not what it's all about. Uh, but I was like, man, that's incredible. But just to see the people's reaction just out of the gate, I mean, and, and then it's got us on Billboard. Uh, you know, coming out next week and stuff like that, which is crazy. I got it a little bit early. Yes. Because I was part of the Kickstarter campaign. Ah, yes. Talk about that. Yeah, the Kickstarter was something I had a really hard time allowing myself to do, I guess. I get, for my growing up, you know, my dad and my mom were like, don't spend money you don't have, and if you ain't got the money, you don't need it. You know what I mean? And so this was the biggest record we've ever done in terms of promotion and, and putting it all together. So it was really out of my financial realm. And so, you know, and I had a few offers on the table from some record labels, and I, I didn't want to sign a record deal. So I was like, man, it seems like Kickstarter is the way to do it, but I'm not really sure how to come to terms with asking for money from my fans. So uh, it was Jason Eady that I was talking to. He came over to Natalie. My wife was taking some pictures for his new record, and and I was talking to him about it. And I said, how did you kind of really swallow that pill? He said, well, you know, you got to kind of really understand how they see it. He said, they see it as a a doorway for them to be a part of something. And I was like, okay. He said, in reality, you're pre-selling the record to them. He said, if they donate 10 bucks and they get the record, he's like, it's just like they would buy it on iTunes. He said, there's really no craziness there in terms of you're getting the hand over on them you know so i was like <clears throat> okay i see that so we launched it and man it went it went crazy i mean we we had uh, i think 30,000 was our goal and we reached 36,000 dollars that's awesome which is incredible and then being able to send people you know sign cd's and lyric sheets and all kinds of cool stuff like that i mean it means everything to them and that means everything to me that's what i think is neat yeah. and that these people love you so much or are big enough fans that they they don't okay getting the cd early that was cool right but they get something else yeah they get um what do i get um a set list or something i don't know yeah i don't, I don't even list. know and these are real this is all real stuff a lot of people are like oh sorry are you like photocopying the lyric sheets no i'm sitting there writing them out by hand i saw that i on do Instagram like three a day that is unbelievable and it's like i'm getting them done but the set list man there's gonna be there's going to be some fireball, you know, so <laughs> set, set list and stuff like that. You know, that's how it is. Now, some people that invested, that's a good way to say it, right? Invested Absolutely. in the album. Absolutely, 100%. They got like private concerts if they did up upwards of 3000 or $3,500? Yeah, you get a full band, full on concert. Yeah. That is awesome. Which was cool because, you know, and you get a situation like that, it's really made a huge impact on the record. And, and, and so I'm, you know incredibly just grateful for it and so being able to come in and, and put on a concert and 
we were doing this thing where we email them and say, you guys make the set list. We'll come in and play it. Very cool. So, Larry Joe, have you heard Breathless yet? No, I haven't. It's really good. I'll and get I, you a copy. I, <laughs> you know somebody? You can hook him up. <laughs> Let me tell you about one of the songs on there, okay? My kids are six years old and two and a half. Crash and Eiley. Their favorite song in the world is 99 Bottles by Zane Williams. I love it. <laughs> My daughter's second favorite song is Hush Little Baby. Okay. Her third favorite song, and I am not BSing you, is Lucky Ones. Lucky Ones. <laughs> she can, she's two and a half years old, very limited in her vocabulary, but she can say Lucky Ones, I promise you, and sing along. Maybe Dude. not every word. That How does incredible. that make you feel? Man, that's amazing. I, I, the Lucky Ones is my favorite song on the record, too, so I feel like we've got a connection there. But, I mean, at, at two years old, man, that's awesome. So did you say uh, your kid's name is Crash? Yes, sir, I did. Dude, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, is since, awesome. You, since you brought it, I'll tell you why. Um, when I proposed to my wife, Crash by Dave Matthews was playing. Oh, okay. I'm a big fan of Bull Durham. All right. The movie Crash Davis was the main character. Yeah. So there's a couple of reasons why I did it. But I, I threw it out there to my wife, and she didn't say no. So I wasn't going to be that guy. So said, you're oh. saying there's a chance. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. So his, that's not his given name, but that's what he goes by. Okay, and everybody cool. knows him. And so it's funny in little old Glen Rose, Texas, you're Crash's dad. Everybody knows me as Crash's dad now. Wow. Crash is more famous than I am. So, <laughs> so whatever. So it goes. So it goes. Um, we also play the lucky ones on this show quite a bit. We play normally three songs during the course of the show to kind of give me a break to breathe. And I like lucky ones because of what you're talking about. About fighting your butt off. Yeah, man. You know, I, I, not everybody grew up the same way. Everybody has a different upbringing and stuff. But for me, uh, and Chad Camp, uh, my drummer and uh, my best friend that I wrote that with, he, you know, we when we were putting this song together, we we're like, how do we get how do we get across something that is just a universal f- emotion, a universal feeling? You know, and, and I think one of the biggest things is just fighting your way through young adult, coming in through high school and stuff like that. Like I had to, I. I wanted to play football, but I couldn't. I had to hold down a job uh, to help pay bills and things like that. And I didn't have a fancy truck. I drove a 1985 F-150 that was constantly falling apart. It was just one of those things where it's like life for me was work. That's what it was. And when you're 16, you know, it really pisses you off. You know what I mean? You have to cancel a couple of dates. You ain't got enough gas money to get, you know, go pick her up or whatever, stuff like that. It's just, it's a hard pill to swallow. But it shapes you in a way as you're growing up. And for me, it, it sure did. And, you know, my, my mom and dad were just like, look, we can't give you everything, but you can have anything you want if you just go get it. And so that was just my train of thought my entire life. When you're looking back on your life 10 or 12 years later, you realize you really kind of lucked out because there were kids that had everything handed to them. And there were kids that didn't have to worry about a single thing. And that's fine. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell people how to raise their kids, but for me, I'm out living my life, filling out my bucket list, and a lot of them are just working for their parents. Right. Which is fine if you're going to own the company someday. You know what I mean? That's right. But at the end of the day, for me, it was just, there was nothing else for me there. It was just go out in the world and make something happen. A lot of those kids, and and I'm right there with you, they get out there in the real world and they're like, what? You're just not going to give it to me? Right. No, you got you to fight your ass off. You got to bust your ass for it. That's right. You got to make it happen. That's why I love that song. And that's why we play it from time to time on this radio show, because that's what we're trying to inspire people to do is just keep fighting. No matter how good things are, or how bad things are, you got to fight your ass always. That's right, man. You're listening to the Defining Audacity radio show. Joining me in studio, Texas country music legend, Larry Joe Taylor. How do you mean, Sam, how do you mean refer to you? Uh, Texas country badass. What do you, what do you want? <laughs> uh, I don't you even can, know. You can choose, man. Just, right? just Sam. Sam just Riggs. Sam. 
Joining me is, is, is Sam. <laughs> it's so funny. I do that with a lot of artists, and I, I you know, I kind of do something like that, build them up, and they're like, oh man, don't say that. It kind of embarrasses them. It's pretty funny. It's not embarrassing. I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like as soon as you start buying your own crap, that's when you start losing the game. <laughs> I like that. Larry Joe, when was the first time you were introduced to Sam? I know you and Zach work hand in hand on choosing the artist for mm-hmm. LJT. When, when were you introduced to Sam Riggs? Oh, probably uh, as far as uh, music. Personally, uh, hadn't been that long ago, but uh, uh, music-wise, you know, we kind of he kind of came on the radar. Say maybe even a couple of years before he played, maybe two, uh, maybe longer than that. For somebody to play the festival, I I have to like their music and songwriting. I, I mean, I'm a songwriter, and that's that's the the number one thing for me is can the guy write a song? Obviously, uh, Sam can write a song, you know. Tell me how you found out the first time you were going to play LJT. Is it a phone call? Is it an email? Who it, calls you? Zach? <clears throat> Joe? Who? Uh, my manager, uh, Jeb, actually um, had some, I don't know, he had something. Uh, I had to come by and sign some papers for something for merch or something like that. And I, I was at the office at uh, Red 11 going through some stuff. And in this stack of papers was the offer from uh, Larry from LJT. And I was just like, what is this? He's like, I don't know, what is that? <laughs> I was like, we're playing LJT? And he's like, yeah, are you excited? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it was crazy. I mean, because I, I don't know, I have, a, like I said before, I have a hard time asking for stuff. So I just kind of wait for stuff to just happen. And, uh, you know, just, I don't know. It was just kind of like a moment for me. And, and I think, you know, and I say this with all the due respect, the festival itself has grown into such, it's gotten its own identity. I mean, I don't want to say it's bigger than than larry joe or anybody like that but it's it's you know i guess the <clears throat> the festival itself is you know it's bigger than the sum of all of its parts you know what i mean it's just it's incredible it's an incredible thing y'all have created yeah i, I agree with you it's it, it is bigger it's taken on a complete life of its own and we're just kind of trying to steer it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well but y'all you were saying something about uh how you've had to sort of train the crowd mm-hmm. how to re- act and react and stuff like that that was something i was sort of worried about because there's there are certain areas where artists can go to kind of chill and catch their breath after their show and stuff that where they have a little privacy but a lot of it you know is going around to different campsites and hanging out with mm-hmm. the fans and stuff and that's really encouraged i was amazed at the level of respect that the fans and the artists have for one another uh out there there is no crazy stuff that happens it's like you know if you want to party party but if you want to just hang out have a couple beers sing some songs everybody's cool with that you know what i mean nobody you know there's no there's no fights there's no there's nothing crazy like that and it's i mean like you're saying 50 something thousand people that's a that is a legacy it amazes me the generosity of the the fans that come out. You go to their camp, and they go. You want some ribs? You want some oh, beer? Yeah. You want what do you want? You know exactly. Well, and, I'd like to have that TV if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, it's yours. You know exactly. It's a pretty nice camper you got here. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. They're very generous, and all they you know all they want is just, is uh, just to hang out and get to know you. And that to me is just the definition of of, a, of an amazing relationship. Absolutely. To me, the, the whole festival's been built on the campfire, not on stage. What happens? after the stage so people know that they're going to see after randy rogers show he's going to be out at campfire somewhere may not be theirs but he's going to be somewhere and they'll hear about the next the next morning you know everybody goes out and and, uh, picks around the campfires it's just uh, the tradition that uh, we hope never never ends 
It's a big part of it, and I also think it plays a huge role in in continuing the mindset <clears throat> that everybody is equal, everybody's mm-hmm. one of the same, and and you know, thou shalt not think of thyself as any larger than anyone else. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, like I said, last year was my first year, and I did not get to do in the the campfire afterwards. I had to get home and take care of two kids, but mm-hmm. just what I experienced and seeing everybody's response, I, I think it was a testament to Texas country music and the family that it is. Oh, agreed. 100%. So, uh, really excited about going back this year. I know you guys are excited as well. Now, like I mentioned to you before, Larry Joe, a lot of artists come on the show and they say that at one time in their life, playing LJT was on their life list or bucket list, or it is on their life list Mm -hmm. or bucket list. And that's actually how Martha and I started the conversation this time. I sent her an artist that came through here, and she kind of pointed me in the right direction, and I appreciate that. But I want to talk to you guys about your life list or bucket list real quick, because that's what we do. Anybody that's on this show, whether it's Joe Blow, anybody from Glen Rose, Texas, or a Texas country music person, or a professional athlete, whoever, we ask them this question, okay? And just a reminder to our listeners, we try to inspire people to live a bold, adventurous, and intentional life, and we use life list or bucket list to accomplish that goal. We want people to stop saying, I'll do it tomorrow, whatever they're saying, I'll do it tomorrow about. We want to give them permission, not that they needed permission, to put their goals, dreams, and aspirations in the spotlight. So with all of that said, we'll start with Larry Joe Taylor. Do you have a life list or a bucket list? Well, you know, I'm lucky. Uh, most of the things that I've dreamed about doing, I've got to do, especially in the music business. You know, and uh, it's just like Sam said, you know, a lot of you're impatient. And, and it seems like most of the time, you know, it's like by the time something happens, you go, well, it's about time. Instead of, yeah, you know, right. it's like, it, so many, so few of those things happen and surprise you, you know, and, and get you excited that uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I remember when I had my first song recorded, I thought, well, why has nobody done this before, you know? <laughs> Instead of, <laughs> I think all of my goals in the music business have been surpassed by, by a long way. I can stand out on that stage and, and, you know, this year and look out at that crowd and say, yeah, this I had a part in uh, creating this. And that's, that's a big, you know, big deal for me. But one thing that I, that I really enjoy doing is uh, sailing, and um, so I've been doing a lot of sailing lately. I went down uh, this last last year to uh, St. Martin, rented a bear boat, and uh, sailed it over to uh, the British Virgin Islands, sailed around there. So, you know, it's... Uh, one day I want my my big bucket list goal is I want to I want to uh, sail a boat to every island in the Caribbean. It's probably going to take me about a year to do that, but I'm not comfortable doing it right now. But I am comfortable to, uh, island hopping. You know, that's a good bucket list item right there. Mm. Some people say some bucket list items. I'm like, oh, that's good, but I'm just blowing smoke up their butt. No, that's a good one. <laughs> that's that awesome. is that's a legitimate bucket list item. Anything else? Any any place you want to go? Uh, something you want to experience? Somebody you want to meet? Have you yeah. met everybody you want to meet? <laughs> Thanks, uh, everybody that's alive. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I, I've been lucky that way. It's you know, you know, songwriters are uh, that, those have always been my heroes. You know, and uh, I was fortunate enough to get hang out with uh, Towns Van Zant and do a bunch of shows with him and uh, Guy Clark, and I've, I've written songs. I mean. I don't uh John Prine and, and I get to hang out so it's not it's like I don't know I don't know what else I could <laughs> what else I could do <laughs> except hang out with all those guys again yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good awesome. bucket list item yeah they um you know we encourage people to to stay intentional about 
you know, goals, dreams, and aspirations. Just stop for half a minute and you have experienced a lot. Whether you have experienced or not or not experienced a lot, just stop for a second and figure it out what you want to do. Because we're all still alive. Mm-hmm. We're all still living. Something's got to get us up in the morning. Just figure it out what it is. Maybe it's sailing. Maybe it's uh, maybe it is still playing music. Maybe it's, um, I don't know. I, I always tell people on my first life list, I put eat a double scoop of ice cream. Because mm. I've never done it. So I, I okay. put it on there, went and ate it. Done. Got a stomach ache, never ate it again. But, you know, it's just little things like that. You say, I'll just do that next time I go to the ice cream store. Or I'll do that next summer. I'll do that. And, then, you know, we take you tomorrow for granted. I'm sure you guys have some stories about life is short, you know, some yeah. lost some friends or a bad diagnosis or something like that. And there's no guarantees there'll be a tomorrow. So we just we just want people to stay intentional. I just uh, lost a great friend, uh, Chuck Powell, in uh, uh, November. You know, he wrote Jaded Lover and of the side of the hill and bunch, just a bunch of great songs and we started writing the last about the last 10 years but my, it's my favorite saying and he, he used to say it to me all the time he said larry john you know life is short but it's wide <laughs> <laughs> i like that yeah i like that too i like that a lot all right mr sam riggs do you have a life list or a bucket list you said you did yeah oh yeah i do that it's pretty expensive uh, <laughs> i grew up uh, did you say Expensive. It's going to be expensive. It's expensive too. and expensive. <laughs> yes. So uh, the pilot's license was one of my. I mean, right up there at the top, and so that's been a huge, huge one for me, and a difficult one for me in that uh, it takes a completely opposite side of the brain uh, as creativity does, and so sort of running both of those sides of my brain at a hundred percent, you know, sort of at the same time has been a real challenge for me. So um, it's been exhausting, but it's been amazing. Other than that, um, there's a lot of different things I want to do. I want to go skydiving, for ne- sure. Never done it? Never been skydiving. Uh, I've got to go to Africa. Hey, um, oh, real quick on the skydiving. You're not going to be flying the plane. <laughs> right? Okay, just, you know, let's keep those two separate, all right? No, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be right-seating it. All right. <clears throat> or back-seating it. Go, go to Africa? Yeah, I want to go to Africa. Um, a big part of what I want to do is use my pilot's license in Africa to, to fly uh, medical aid and, and just aid relief, things like that, for some nonprofits and things like, back, that. I like that. Africa is a huge <clears throat> it's a, it's a it's a big continent um, with a lot of countries and there's a lot of problems over there that we don't know anything about and just being able to use you know one of my dreams to help I don't know anyway I can over there that's definitely something I want to do besides it's just a beautiful place. A lot of places I want to go, travel, you know, um, but a huge part of, of what I want to do, and just maybe I can kind of jump on the heels of Larry Joe on his, uh, I grew up on the coast in Florida, but I've always been a beach bum at heart, so my, one of my biggest things is to go to all the islands in the Caribbean, too, so just to, just to at least see them, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, that's a big part of it. I mean, I could just talk to you for hours about everything I want to do. Well, you know what's funny is I think it's cool when people start talking about their goals, dreams, and aspirations. Instead of talking about the weather or the price of milk or the price of gas. So you say that's something you want to do. Yeah. That's something that Larry Joe wants to do as well. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you're going to go with him for a year, but maybe you could hop on and sail with him for you know, a little yeah. bit. Hit your ride from one spot to the next. Yeah, you know. I don't, <laughs> yeah. just, that's, what, that's kind of what I hope happens with this initiative that we're trying to do. Yeah. Everybody, everybody starts talking about their goals, dreams, and aspirations. And I don't know. Mike Ryan says, I want to 
you know, get my pilot's license. Like, well, hell, I've got mine. This is how you do it. This is, you know. Right. Or I want to do this. Well, hell, I can help you do that. Yeah. And I think a large part of it is realizing that everybody's life is a story. And uh, and this is not to plug a product or anything for anybody, but there was a book that I read that changed everything for me. And it was called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. Okay. And that book completely revolutionized the way I think about life. And that is that, you know, you've never gone to to a movie where their character wasn't put through some sort of turmoil things like that and you grow through those sorts of things and that's the only way you get through it and so you know sort of the premise of the story the book is to live your life like a movie that you'd want to go watch i like that now say the name of it again it's called a million miles in a thousand years it's written by donald miller really cool and i will start reading that this week i love it yeah really cool okay anything else that you want to experience is there any let's talk music real quick okay what are you you're giggling i was loud because i just go on and on for hours is there any place you want to play that you haven't played yet uh rhymes and vines we can i know somebody that can help you make that happen as well you know uh there's a lot of different places i've always wanted to experience but i've always um i've always you know i've gotten to tour uh europe a little bit but i've always wanted to do more of that i don't know have you played red rocks that is a place that i would love to play i'd also love to stand on the stage in carnegie hall and just hear what it sounds like to fly. i play the violin a little bit so i've always wanted to hear what it sounded like to stand on that stage That's and play cool. you know without a crowd preferably um <laughs> but uh you know just yeah that would be awesome red rocks would be incredible it just, that comes up a lot yeah that's why i asked about that one specifically bridgestone arena in tennessee that'd be awesome um you know, preferably would like to sell that out. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a few other places that I'd like to play. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to go see, uh, you know, go to, go to Sydney and see, uh, you know, an orchestra there and see, what, you know, I don't know, sound is an incredible thing. So I've always wanted to kind of see what it sounds like in these places. That's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. You know, one thing that we try to drive home here is we want people to make a bucket list or a life list. And we want them to mark stuff off. That's neat and fun. But it's inspiring when you help somebody else mark something off their bucket list. So as, as I'm having these conversations with different people, no, no matter what walk of life they come from, it's kind of my shadow mission. Be like, man, I, I hope I can help them do that. I'll give you an example. Met Wade Bowen. Uh, it's been a couple of years now. And I told him, I said, hey, meeting you is on my life list. And uh, so I get to mark that off. And I said, what's on your life list, Wade? Just, I mean, it was in passing just real quick. And he goes, I want to meet Bruce Springsteen. Oh. So... I have this shadow mission that somehow, someway, and I don't know Bruce Springsteen. Larry Joe, you might know Bruce Springsteen. I've, I've met him. But, uh, wow. Well, Wade wants to meet him, okay? So <clears> if, <throat> if I can, me mentioning that to you, and maybe you help that happen, right. I think would be really neat. So that, that's kind of what I would do. So with all that said, if you ever put your life list down on paper, mm-hmm. Larry Joe, this is for you as well, I want to see it. And maybe I can help you mark something off. Maybe I can't. Again, I'm not rich. I'm not famous. But yeah. maybe you want to gather farm fresh eggs on the Brazos River in Rainbow, <laughs> Texas. I can help you do that. <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> I can make that happen. Because <laughs> it's, it's stupid stuff like that that people don't know about. You yeah. know, the, Unless you're talking about people's goals, dreams, and aspirations, you never know. You right. never, ever know. That offer is standing offer. Anything on your life list or bucket list, I would love to help you mark something. That's what, that's what fires me up. And it's not just Sam Riggs and Larry Joe Taylor. It's the guy working over at Burger King. Dude, I like that. That's incredible. That's yeah. an incredible mission. It's a, it's a, just kind of a different way of giving back. Yeah. it's Because I think I think a lot of people live in a rut. A lot of people live joyless, bored, stale lives. Oh, yeah. hundred percent, man. And just doing something that you've always wanted to do can kind of just pull you out of it. You just got to wake you gotta, you gotta awaken your inner self again. I like that. Yeah. Waken, so, your, waken your inner self. And then somebody said one time on this show, you've got to stand toe-to-toe to your, with your excuses. Why aren't you doing these things? 
Mm. One of my shadow missions is to talk to somebody that has more money than God, maybe like a Bill Gates. And mm. what's on your bucket list, Bill? And then more, import- mission, more yeah. importantly, why haven't you marked it off, Bill? You have more money right. than anybody. Yeah, you have all the resources in the world, but why haven't you marked it off? And it comes back to excuses. You've Got to stand toe to toe with them. Look yourself in the mirror and figure out why the hell you're not doing what you're doing. Right. So anyway, that's the premise of what we're trying to do here. And again, when we were setting this up, I was like, these two guys, maybe you don't have a bucket list now, but you do. You say you don't, Larry Joe Taylor, but you want to sail to all the Caribbean islands. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, probably something revolving around your music festival, growing that into, you know, you said there's a few hundred acres you still need to Mm -hmm. utilize out there. Yeah. 100,000 people. That maybe that's next. Do it to it. Do it to it. I like it. <laughs> the next Coachella. <laughs> Joining me on the Defining Audacity radio show, Larry Joe Taylor, Texas country music legend, and Sam Riggs, recent album, Breathless, hit the streets on February 19th. Guys, I appreciate you coming in. I want to share one last story with you guys. I told your people I'd keep you about 45 minutes. And Sam, you brought your guitar. Are you going to play a song for us? I, I did bring it. Yeah, it's out there. Th- that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not going to make you do anything. But I wanted to <clears throat> share with you guys something that I'm doing on my life list or bucket list and just get your initial thoughts on it, maybe some advice, okay? Okay. Now, this will actually have happened by the time this interview runs, but tomorrow at 2 o'clock, I'm getting on the back of a bull. Now, I need you to know, I need you to know, I grew up in South Dallas. This is way outside my wheelhouse, and let me, sh- let me share how this came about. I had on my life list to teach my son Crash how to ride a bike. Okay. Crash is pretty ath- athletic and kind of headstrong. He taught himself how to ride a bike. <laughs> so I said, I need to supplement something on my life list instead of that. Crash is in love with the song Live Like You Were Dying by Tim McGraw. Okay. And he said, uh, we were singing it one day in the car, and he said, Daddy, you've been skydiving, Ryan? I said, yes, sir. And he said, Daddy, when we went to Colorado, you went Rocky Mountain climbing, didn't you? And I said, yes, sir, I did. He goes, Daddy, when are you going to ride a bull? And I, looked, and I looked back there, and I said, do you want dad to ride a bull? And he said, yes, sir. And I uh, said, all right, put it on my life list. So um, a guy here in Glenrose, his name's Terry Starnes, works uh, closely with the PRCA, is bringing a bull in from Erath County all right. for me to ride tomorrow. So I just want to get your initial thoughts. And if you're crazy as the thought, <clears throat> please share. And then any tips that you might have on bull riding. Do you have any history with bull riding, either one of you guys? I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you've ridden a bull? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been on seven. I've rode one. <laughs> Yeah, I've been. I have about the same number. Yeah, and it's bull riding's not for me. It's just you know, I was a I grew up a calf roping. I went to actually went to Tarleton on a, a roping scholarship and uh, blew out my knee the first week I was there. But when uh, you know in high school, all my buddies were riding saddle broncs and and uh, and bulls. And man, you got to do this. You got to ride. And it's every rodeo we'd go to. I'd have to get on a bull and just hated it. Just you know, it just it was not. Not for me, but I, my advice to you is uh, um, fall off as quick as you can, and get out of there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So have you have you ridden? I got a similar story, Larry Joe. In high school, um, and just outside of high school, I did a lot of you know practice pin stuff, small you know rodeo, ranch rodeo stuff. It, just not very many at all. Um, I hated it too because it, it was just for one, it hurts. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, number two, uh, you know, it's just this feeling of, like, tempting fate. You know what I mean? It's like being, a, you know, torn on a loop on a, on a horse. It's kind of like you have a relationship with that horse. You're working that horse. That that bull has one intention, and that is to kill you. Mm. And, and so <clears throat> it's just not a natural thing. It's not. Riding a horse is a natural, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, riding a bucking horse is even natural. 
Right. But, but riding a bull is not – I mean, not, there's nothing natural about that. I would say – I don't know if anybody's ever taught you how to tie in or anything like that, but I'm sure somebody would be there to help you with it. Um, the PRC PRCA Rookie of the Year um, – Bryce Mario. Anyway, he's from Stephenville. He's coming over to okay. coach me up. Well, so. he'll, he'll make sure you're good to go. You know, just make sure you get – he'll check you in and tie you in. Everything's good to go. Just like Larry just said, man, he said, don't don't try to be a hero. Yeah. You know, get if it feels like you're you're losing it, just – if he's turning in, you you turn out. They said that this bull – I guess they put him on points. Like yeah. the 25 point is like a big one. He said this is a 16 or 17 point bull. So not, nothing crazy. Should have been at the – Sale barn a few right. years ago, and uh, they said he's going to buck once, turn left, and if you can make the corner, you'll be able to eat a ham sandwich and wave to your wife. <laughs> See, my well, problem is I don't know if I'm going to make the corner. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. No matter what yep. they say. <laughs> that is not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> so the other thing is, uh, please, for your youngins and for you, wear a vest yes, and helmet. I will. That, that's a big – I don't want to be reckless about this thing. It's, yeah. it's fun, and we're having some people come out there. I don't, I don't want to do anything stupid because that, my kids are my number one priority. So I'm with and you. So who's going to – uh, press start on your show tomorrow night when you're. Uh, well, you know we've aligned that up because it's a running joke. And I was like, hey, I'm I'm recording the interview with Larry Joe and Sam. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put, do the post production after as soon as we're done. So it's re- you can just hit play on it. Um, it's not gonna be a big deal. Well, we could have that distinction. We could be your last interview. <laughs> this could be it's gonna be incredible. <laughs> and then Sam, you guys could collaborate and write a song about yeah. me. Good lord, dude! And that music video from when the lights go out, I, that bull in that video, I, I rode that bull in the video, and I hadn't been on a bull in eight years, and it was it was like less than two point seven seconds. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but he stomped me on the shoulder blade too, man. He he, uh, I got hung up, and uh, I came down, and he's. Pow! Back leg right on the... Well, that's what they said about this bull. The only way I'm going to get hurt is he's so lazy. If he steps on you, he may not get off. That's what they said. So (laughs) He turns and twists. Now, I wasn't nervous before But that's coming from bull riders, right? Yeah. Yes, that's coming from bull riders. And they showed this video, and I'm thinking, oh, this little wussy bull and they showed it coming out of the shoot and i'm like oh my gosh that's for a kid that grew up in south dallas that's a legit bull for sure guys i sure do appreciate you coming in Thanks. today sam you're gonna play a song for us do you know which one you want to play i mean you want to do the lucky ones that'd be awesome man yeah it's because it's, it's again one of my both of my kids favorite songs and because of what it represents mm-hmm. and what we're trying to drive home here on the defining audacity radio show larry joe i appreciate it best yeah. of luck at uh LJT this year again. That's April 18th through the 23rd. We'll be pushing it on this radio station for sure. We got we'll be giving away some tickets during the morning show. Sam, best of luck to you. I know um, you got a lot of stuff going. Keep breathless going. When you're at LJT, breathless should be hitting its stride, right? Yes, sir. It should be just popping off like a rocket. Okay, I do have one more question because I always ask this. What's next for you guys, Larry Joe? I got uh, I got to do ten days with uh, Daryl Dodd and uh, Dave Perez. We're doing doing a little. Uh, thing called a coalition and uh so we went in the studio and recorded uh, a few songs just uh, for fun but uh then uh everybody said well you gotta you gotta put these things out so starting on monday or tuesday tuesday we're doing 10 days across texas it's gonna be i'm looking forward to it because those are my two of my best buddies and we'll uh, i guarantee you we'll have a bunch of laughs that's cool I like it that's cool what about you sam in a check ride for pilot's license and then back on the road, just show after show, down after down. Yes, sir. I read somewhere that you already your brain's already going about another record. Is that true? or did- It's very true. Yeah, it's very true. I've never really been in a – I feel like I'm in a little bit of a creative flash zone right now um, where I'm just writing constantly. I mean, the last record, I was just – I couldn't 
bring it together to write a song for a while but now i'm just i mean i'm already starting to demo out new songs and just ready to start on another record that's awesome man you're on fire you really are sam riggs larry joe taylor on the defining audacity radio show we'll be right back with sam riggs playing the lucky ones this is the defining audacity radio show where we give you permission to put your goals dreams and aspirations in the spotlight and start living on purpose here is your host drew myers Welcome back to the Defining Audacity Radio Show. I'm Drew Myers. I appreciate you tuning in tonight. Joining me in studio right now, Mr. Sam Riggs. He's going to play a song for us. Sam, uh, set this up for us. I know this is one of your favorite songs on the new album, Breathless. This one's called Lucky Ones. Tell us about it. Yeah, this song's called The Lucky Ones. It's a track number one off the record. It's uh, To me, it's one of the most important songs I've ever written, uh, earlier than my good friend Chad Camp. And, uh, man, it's just about making something out of whatever you've been given in life and uh, really working to, to make your dreams come true because at the end of the day, man, it's all in your hands. And uh, there's nothing standing between you and what you want except for air and opportunity. You just got to take a deep breath and go get it. I love it. Mr. Sam Riggs, Lucky Ones on the Defining Audacity radio show. You got it, brother. We were the drifters, jokers, somebody you just saw in the hallway. Got our kicks between class, beating dip, talking trash, breaking rules, and making bad grades. And taking the long way home with three six up in the windows down. We didn't know back then, but I sure know now. We were the lucky ones, raised up to be fighters. Swinging at everything that we could see through hungry eyes We were the lucky ones, helping for the fire Giving it everything we had to keep our dreams alive We were poor and we were wild and we were young We were the lucky ones Between the blood and the sweat, callous stains, you can bet working hard is all we'd ever known. And all of the girls in the cars, busted lips, broken hearts came alive at all those back rows. And just a bunch of small town kids looking for trouble when the sun went down. The best nights of our lives was all we found. We were the lucky ones, raised up to be fighters, swinging at everything that we could see through hungry eyes. We were the lucky ones, hell-bent full of fire, giving it everything we had to keep our dreams alive. We were the lucky ones. We were poor and we were wild and we were young It made me into the man I have become Cause I was a lucky one Raised up to be a fighter Swinging at everything that I could see Through hungry eyes We were the lucky ones Hell bent for a fire 
Giving it everything we had to keep our dreams alive We were poor and we were wild and we were young And we were the lucky ones We were the lucky ones Sam Riggs, Defining Audacity Radio Show. Kick-ass, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, sir. If we can do anything for you, let us know. Man, likewise. See ya. See ya. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.